It was 10 years ago that Grape Encounters Radio was born inside a crumbling old barn far off the beaten path in California's Central Coast wine country. Host David Wilson and his team had to keep it underground. After all, they were going to present wine in a very different, a very unpretentious way. The wine snobs were not going to like this one bit. There would be protests, tar and feathers, Supreme Court challenges, and more. The Grape Encounters team was going to challenge the old ways and fight to return wine to the masses without fear of guilt for not knowing how to pronounce terroir or sommelier or gewürztraminer or viognier. This week, Grape Encounters marches forward with the next 500 episodes for wine enthusiasts from every walk of life. Over the past 10 years, we've learned one very valuable lesson. People dig what we've been sharing. Heck, even the Supreme Court justices are having more fun with their wine. Except one or two who like beer. Today, we're off and running with the next 500 episodes of Grape Encounters Radio. A very different kind of wine show that is as much about you as it is about what you have in your glass. We're here to make wine more fun. So buckle up for one heck of a ride as we uncork the next decade of Grape Encounters. And it's time for your weekly Grape Encounter. And as you know, we are not just all about the wine and, you know, the tasting notes. We're about the wine adventure. And so uh, for the next couple of shows, we are spending some time in an area that really deserves a lot of attention that doesn't get the attention that it should get, and that is the Santa Cruz Mountains. And for a lot of reasons, not just because the wines are terrific here, but because there's a lot to do here that, you know, you probably wouldn't expect to find in wine country Today, I met Cooper Garrett, and this is a family operation that's been around for generations, and they make spectacular wines, and I mean truly spectacular wines, but they also have stables here. So one of the things that you do when you come here is you hop on a horse, and you tour the vineyards. And I've got Doris and Bill Cooper here. You guys are part of one great, big, beautiful family that owns this property and yes. has for generations. We're six generations of family and wow, farming that's here. that's amazing. Started in 1893 with the purchase of the first bit of the property. Man, that's a lot of pillow fights, huh? That's oh, years. 25 years. Oh, awesome. Yes, okay. Is. Well, we're, we're out here right now at this stable, and I'm about to climb right over there on that giant steed over there. That is Ben. That's right. He's a big guy. And he's going to take such good care of you. You know, some horses look like a Kawasaki. Ben looks like a Buick. Big. Yeah, he's big and he's plush, and that's what I need. There you go. All right, so when I get back, we're going to taste wine and talk Absolutely. About it. So here, you, here you ride first, taste second. By the way, I grew up on a quarter horse ranch, and all we did for 18 years was, you know, shovel the stuff. So I didn't get to go on really much in the way of pleasure rides. If I may say... If you go through the horse camp, everybody learns to shovel, and they go home better kid. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I could come here to the summer camp, but I would be an instructor. I would not be a shoveler. <laughs> so and my dad is going to get a real kick out of the fact that I'm going to tour a vineyard on a horse. 
he's going to be laughing his butt off when he hears <laughs> this, and he's going to rub my nose in this forever, forever. Well, they're waving at me over here, so I'm going to step aside, and I will catch you guys when I get back. Happy trails, If David. I make it back. You will. I don't want to fall great, down a cliff or anything like that. a great Buick. Okay, we'll all right. We'll see you later. All right. Okay, this is something I thought I would never be doing. You know, I've done a lot of weird things since we started the show 10 years ago. You may have heard the show where I rappelled down into a cavern and the J-hook broke and I was dangling 200 feet above the cavern floor panicking on the radio. That was fun. But today we are at Cooper Garrett Vineyards and Stables. Now, I will say this. I grew up on a quarter horse ranch. I spent the first 18 years of my life cleaning horses, breaking horses, them breaking me, and shoveling. You know what I'm talking about. And so I kind of got away from horses after that. Had kind of a horse thing. Uh, But my father has remained uh, a quarter horse breeder all these many years. And this is a show I'm going to dedicate to him because he would never in a million years believe that I'm doing this. Well, sitting next to me is Stacy, and she's the stable manager. Are you a stable genius as well? I like to think sometimes that I am, but it all comes with knowledge through time. So believe it or not, I'm on my steed right now. And this is Ben, right? Yes, you're riding Ben today. And then you are on the white horse, and who is this fella? This is Smokey. Why do you call a white horse Smokey? Well, actually, there is no such thing as a white horse. Only his fur is white and his skin is gray, so we would actually call him a gray horse. Okay. Uh, Smokey, sorry about that. Uh, Anyway, but I'm on the horse. We are actually in the foothills that lead into the Santa Cruz Mountains. We're right at the base of the Santa Cruz Mountains. This has got to be one of the most beautiful places I have ever been to. And I mean that sincerely. It's an area we haven't talked about on the show, but I never realized just how beautiful it is. It's so funny because it's so close to Silicon Valley and all the traffic, but then you get like 30 minutes away and you are in absolute wilderness and all there are are horse ranches and vineyards and parks and waterfalls. So I'm going to ask you, Stacy, to just uh, tell me a little bit about what we're going to do here, and uh, we'll just be trotting along uh, as we do that. Okay, yes. Um, Today we're going to go on a trail ride. We're going to start on the Garrett Farms property, and we'll ride past most of our vines as we go out. We're actually going to go out to the Fremont Older Open Space Preserve, and we'll go out on the hiking trails out there. We're right connected to the preserve, so we can go right through the gate and get right out there. We'll be able to see most of the Bay Area on our ride. Um, We'll be in what's called the chaparral part of the forest. So lots of oak trees, lots of ferns, lots of wildflowers, lots of history, old fences, and all of that. The property is, it's almost about 160 acres, including the vines. And we're going to go on the Fremont Older, which used to be part of Garrett Farms property, which would add almost 200 acres, but it's now the open space preserve. And I see the the weather is rolling in because there is some prediction of rain. Is Ben going to be okay with this? Yes, he'll be fine. His coat's pretty waterproof. So you'll be all right. (laughs) 
It seems like this area has had real reverence for its history and very little development as you get into these backwood areas. Yes, the whole ranch is owned by the family trust too, so it stays the same. But the fact that we're connected to the open space preserves all around us lets anyone who's riding a bike come through or anyone going for a hike so they can all access the property and find us in any way. All right, so we're going to go on up. I'm talking to Stacy, stable manager Stacy from Cooper Garrett. And so far, so good. My trusty steed, Ben, he's performing nicely, except he needs refueling constantly for some reason. And he likes to stop and eat grass. And we are in some really magnificent country. And uh, we were looking at the Apple Building and Levi Stadium. So the trails that we're connected to at Garrett Farms is the Fremont Older. You can see all seven counties, all the way from Santa Clara County, all the way up to San Francisco for on a clear day. And as we go down, you can see downtown San Jose. You can see the new Apple building. You can see Levi Stadium all the way up to Shoreline, even all the way up to the Bay Bridge. And just around us, you'll probably pass about 10 wineries coming up to Garrett Farms. And even past us down the road, there's a lot more. And, and by the way, I am pretty sure that this is the first ever wine radio show conducted from the back of a horse. I, I think this just gives uh, Stacy a, a much better perspective on you know wine country and wine country lifestyle because you know even in in other wine countries whether it's the central coast or it's up in Oregon you almost always see wine in conjunction with equestrian they go hand in hand really really well and you know so often we you see wine country either by whizzing past the vineyards in the car or you stop at the winery, and this really is the way to see it because you see how much dedication they have to leaving the land untouched and really integrating the grape growing business with nature. And I think this really gives you a great perspective on that. Oh, yes. I mean, in general, we go by farm life, very untouched, all very natural. And we do the same thing with our horses. They live in a wild herd at night. They go out on a hillside together and they all live together in harmony just at Garrett Farms, which is really nice for them. They love it. So where are we headed to now? So now we're going to go up the road a little bit up to Macy's Peak. And that was Macy's Garrett at the top. And we're going to go to where they like to say she used to kiss the boys at the top of the hill. Okay. So we're going to do that, and uh, I don't know if I'll be kissing any boys, but we will continue with Grape Encounters in just a little bit. You're listening to Grape Encounters Radio with your host, David Wilson. We've got 500 episodes under our belt, and we've barely scratched the surface, which is why you'll never find wine in the short subject section of your library. It seems like a day doesn't go by that someone doesn't tell me how lucky I am to be able to taste the multitude of wines that I get to try as part of my job. And while that certainly is true, what is also true is that a great number of wines that I do taste just don't cut it. That's why it gives me so much pleasure to tell you about the wines from Peak Ranch, made in the San Ynez Valley on the central coast of California. As exciting as these wines are, I'm especially proud of the fact that they're produced by my oldest friend of all time, John Wagner, along with his charming wife, Jill. 
John was always the smartest kid in school, and I was always just a tad bit jealous of his determination to be the best. So when I found out that he was the producer of these utterly fantastic wines, I wasn't the least bit surprised. From their remarkably elegant Pinots to their perfectly balanced Chardonnay and luscious Syrahs, it's no surprise that the wines produced at Peak Ranch are simply as good as it gets, and they have the scores to prove it. Log on to peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E ranch.com. You can buy their wines online, which means it'll be the best time you ever spend on the Internet. Go to peakranch.com. The Central Coast of California is world-renowned for exceptional wines, but it's also one of the most vibrant and alluring travel destinations in America because the wide range of things to see and do here is absolutely astonishing. From stunning beaches to breathtaking hiking trails to world-class dining, artisan craftswork, and so much more, California's Central Coast is addictive. For those visiting this magical region, there's no better place to call home base than the city of Atascadero. Atascadero is perfectly centered in the middle of everything you'll want to see and do while you're here. A true slice of Americana. The locals here are eager to welcome you, and the accommodations are plentiful, comfortable, and affordable. Atascadero is a 365 days a year destination with mild winter weather and mostly sunny days, even when the rest of the country is bundled up. For more information about the warm and welcoming town of Atascadero, log on to visitatascadero.com. Discover the California Central Coast at visitatascadero.com. Welcome back to Grape Encounters Radio, broadcasting from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in idyllic Atascadero, California. Did you know that our studio is built in one of America's top-rated wine bars? You know what that means, don't you? Yep. When we uncork a new episode, you can uncork something very special indeed. Stacy, tell me about what we got over here on the right-hand side, because if I'm not mistaken, that is my favorite grape, at least this month. Yes, so to the right we have our Cab Franc vineyard. It's a slightly smaller vineyard, only a couple acres, but it's one of my favorite vines and grapes that we have. And I'm actually told that it's the slowest growing grape that we have, so we always harvest it last. And this is like a, a really interesting, beautiful setting because it's it literally is surrounded by hillsides on, on every side. So, so tell me everything that you grow here. Oh, we've got the Cab Franc, the Cabernet Sauvignon, we have the Viognier, we have a Syrah, we, I believe we have a Merlot, and the Chardonnay, which is the oldest grape, the Chardonnay. Now let me ask you a question. You're, you're involved, you're managing sometimes as many as like 100 horses here in the summertime, but do you ever get involved in the, in the vineyard? Do you ever just go out and pick or do anything like that? Um, no picking. Um, I've poured before for a little while in the tasting room and worked in the tasting room on the weekends. And that's where I gain most of my knowledge with the history and the winemaking and the ranch. It's all very interesting. It's all done on site. We grow on site. We harvest on site. We bottle and barrel and everything. And when you go down to the tasting room, you'll be able to see the barrel room and everything right there. And then you hide the manure up here on the hill. That is a, that is a lot of manure, I must say. Yeah, that. Uh, but it actually, you know, it, it does smell pretty good, actually. And, you know, there's a term that they use in describing certain wines. They say it's got a barnyard smell, which they're really talking about that smell right there. Yeah. 
So I, it's interesting because I can smell that barnyard smell in the Cab Franc, and it hasn't even hit bud break yet. So, wow. Okay, interesting. So where from here? So from here, we're going to head back through the horse pasture to the stables. Okay. Um, I'm here, by the way, at uh, Cooper Garrett with my stable genius, Stacy. I haven't given your last name out. Stacy Queen. No, come on. You're, you're a stable genius and a queen. Yeah, sometimes they like to call me the horse queen. Is it queen, like spelled like the queen, like your, your highness? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, we're going to head on down the road here at Cooper Garrett Winery and Stables and horseback riding and trail riding and training and uh, what else? Teaching, lessons, everything. Hey, hey, Ben. Hey, Ben, no, you can't do that. Oh, no, it's starting to rain, Ben. So, hey, this is no kidding. We are um, we're coming down the hillside at the lean back, which exposes more of my chest to the rain that is starting to pour down pretty darn hard now. Um, and I think it's about to be a major cloud burst, but I am getting um, pretty close to soaked. Um, but this is live radio. I mean, this is, it's spontaneous. And uh, it ain't like Hollywood where you go back and you do retakes or anything like that. Now, hang on. I want to catch up with Stacy because there's a really um, beautiful vineyard sitting right here. And So right here we have our Chardonnay vineyard. And this vineyard is actually the oldest vineyard on the property. And it's also called George's Vineyard after George Cooper. All right, so we're um, we're um, on approach now to the landing strip and um, headed down the hill, passing the Chardonnay Vineyard right now. I have now, for the first time, taken the lead. I am the lead horse. Um, when it all started, I was being towed. <laughs> And, well, it's because I looked like a toad on the horse. <laughs> but now I, I'm confident, Stacy. I, I look confident, don't I? Yeah, you do. Your seat looks good. Your heels are down. You're even turned around interviewing me right now as your horse walks down the hill. Yeah, let's, 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 yeah, let's, let's really talk about that. As we pass the, Chard- the Chardonnay Vineyard, we're, we're going downhill. Um, it's raining. Um, ben wants to eat grass and not pay attention to me, so I've got to control him. I'm holding a microphone, and um, that's not bad, right? Do I get a? Do I get a, at least a B plus? You get an A. I get an A. <laughs> that's only because you get to be on the radio. <laughs> all right, so we are. Um, wow, look at all the horses down there. That is really something. Yeah, those are all the horses available for rent for riding. And and, and do they mind the rain? They don't mind the rain. Okay. All right. Well, and, and look at that guy. Oh, that's a trainer working in the... Or is he just running by himself over there? Yeah. That's, in, the, in the oval ring there. That's, a, that's what we would call a turnout. So she's just letting her horse run wild and free in the open arena so he can get his wiggles out before she hops on him. I'll get the wiggles out. Okay. We should have done that with Ben first. <laughs> He didn't get his wiggles out. Okay, all right. Well, we're gonna um, we're gonna uh, switch off the microphones now for a second because we're gonna take a little bit of a break. Anyway, Stacy, thank you so much for this. This was really fun. You're welcome. It was a lot of fun today. It's a beautiful day to go for a ride every day. Oops. <laughs>
um, hang on one second. And, and um, hey, uh, pal. All right, uh, do me a favor. Tell tell uh, people if they want to ha- organize an experience like this, um, tell them what they need to do. It's really simple. All you got to do is call Garrett Farms in Saratoga at 408 408- Eight six seven nine five two seven, and we'll set you up with a trail ride or a horse ride of any type. And then, can they go up by themselves, or do they always have to go with uh, with a chaperone? Everything is supervised, always with a guide or a trainer. But you can send your kids out with the guide while you go wine tasting if you don't want to go horseback riding. And that's why I'm here. My mom and dad are off wine tasting right now. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll be back with more in just a second from uh, Cooper Garrett. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. And um, and thank you, Ben. Uh, you can, we only have like about 50 feet to go. But he's intent on eating as much grass as he possibly can. All right. We'll be back in just a second. It seems like a day doesn't go by that someone doesn't tell me how lucky I am to be able to taste the multitude of wines that I get to try as part of my job. And while that certainly is true, what is also true is that a great number of wines that I do taste just don't cut it. That's why it gives me so much pleasure to tell you about the wines from Peak Ranch, made in the San Ynez Valley on the central coast of California. As exciting as these wines are, I'm especially proud of the fact that they're produced by my oldest friend of all time, John Wagner, along with his charming wife, Jill. John was always the smartest kid in school, and I was always just a tad bit jealous of his determination to be the best. So when I found out that he was the producer of these utterly fantastic wines, I wasn't the least bit surprised. From their remarkably elegant Pinots to their perfectly balanced Chardonnay and luscious Syrahs, it's no surprise that the wines produced at Peak Ranch are simply as good as it gets, and they have the scores to prove it. Log on to peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E ranch.com. You can buy their wines online, which means it'll be the best time you ever spend on the Internet. Go to peakranch.com. We've got to take a breather for a minute or two. Don't go away. Remember, if we don't let the wine breathe, it's impossible for the show to be done in good taste. Ten years ago, I created Grape Encounters Radio while living in breathtaking Lake Arrowhead. Perched about an hour above the Southern California metropolis in the majestic San Bernardino National Forest. Lake Arrowhead is a place where wine lifestyle flourishes, imaginations run wild, and people come from around the world to discover a more peaceful and re-energizing way of life. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to Lynn B. Wilson, a bona fide leader in resort real estate sales. From charming alpine cottages to stunning estates on the shores of shimmering Lake Arrowhead, Lynn B. Wilson and Associates have been changing lives for decades. If you truly want to live on top of the world, Lynn B. Wilson and Associates can show you how. They'll even host you in luxury accommodations while you explore the limitless possibilities. Log on to lynnbwilson.com. That's lynnbwilson.com. Live the life you imagine. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia... 
Her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Garya into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, Walnuts and Wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. Welcome back to Grape Encounters Radio. After 10 years and 500 episodes, David has become very comfortable with breaking the rules, as you'll see momentarily, which is all well and good as long as he doesn't break our expensive glasses. With Grape Encounters Radio, and now we are in the tasting room and back with Doris, back with Bill Cooper here. We're at the Cooper Garage, and I had fun. Good. That was really fun. Good. And you got to see the old back half of the property, ride past Chardonnay and Cabernet Franc, yeah. see a little bit of the Cabernet Sauvignon Vineyard. Yeah, it was funny. I was up just above the Cabernet Vineyard, and I go, wow, you know what? You don't even have bud break yet. The wines aren't made, but I smell barnyard, <laughs> you know, fr- from this Cab Franc. And then I realized I was next to a gigantic manure pile. Compost. Compost. (laughs) We we will roll that, take the temperature, and turn it into the things that master gardeners love this time of year in the spring. Still call it manure. (laughs) In 2006, we began transitioning all our vineyards. We started with one to organic farming. And that's uh, CCOF certified compost out there that you see that it's been rolled and reduced and temperature tested. It took us five years to transition all 28 acres of our vineyards to organic farming, two white varietals, Chardonnay and Viognier, and the five reds of Cabernet Sauvignon Franc. So compost isn't as simple as one would think. Not if it's certified organic. Uh, Okay. All right, now let's let's talk about the history of this property. This property and this family go way back, and every member of the family is involved in this venture, and we're talking big family. We're talking six generations of family wow. and farming. We now have the fourth, fifth, and sixth generation still living and involved, whether it's coming for horse camp in the summer from some of the youngest ones, whether it's working summers or full-time employment here at the ranch. It's been generational family agriculture all that time. Wow. And how many members of the family aren't involved or does everybody get involved in one way or the other? Well, we're scattered. I mean, there's four or five of us. My generation, there's four that live on on the property and work here. There are four. And then there's an, another two up north on a, a hay farm. And then the other half are scattered in their professions or retired in various parts of Hawaii or other parts of California. Is this the gathering place for the family? 
Yes, it is. And once a year, we all come together for the annual family business meeting. We also have Christmas Eve dinner together. And depending on how many have traveled here to the home place, we can be 60 or more when we gather for those Holy events. Smoke. It's a great, Who does great the cooking? time. A little bit of everything. Every, it can everybody, be, everybody it can be a massive it. potluck. Wow. It's great. That sounds like fun. Yeah. So everybody has a vested interest in the property and no, fa- I shouldn't ask this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. No family squabbles particularly? You know, it's like any business. There are times you agree with your business partners. There are times you disagree. But the one great thing about this is the underlying part is that it's family. And that that matters the most of all. So whose brainchild was it to make this a comprehensive family business? How far far back does that idea go? Well, you can go back to 1893 when my great-grandparents immigrated out here. And they brought their three little kids from England, joining up with her brother, who had come out 10 years earlier, those are Crefields. And then their eldest son met uh, Emma Stolte, who was a daughter born in San Francisco of a German sea captain who then grew up on the skyline. In 1915, they had moved down here. Emma and Ralph Vince had three kids, which includes my mother with it. And during this time, in the, from 1900 until 1960, this valley was prunes and apricots. By 60, agriculture was out of the Santa Clara Valley. And that's when the family was looking for something else to do. In 35, my mother went to Berkeley and there she met a young mining engineer, George Cooper. They were married just before the war. He went off and became a fighter pilot, P-47s, European theater, 82 missions. Came home, wanted to continue flying. As an engineer, commercial flying didn't appeal to him and he became the first research test pilot hired by Ames Research Center down here in Mountain View. Oh my gosh. After the war. And so he had 28 years of research flying. So you guys Uh, have such deep roots here. And as agriculture was going down in the valley is when the stables started as something else we can do here to keep the land. Visualize Santa Clara Valley as being urbanized. Homes are going out there. The canneries, the places where we'd send our prunes and apricots are disappearing. And so that's when the family had to regroup. My uncle primarily, because he was the one that stayed home during the war, and they transitioned from prunes and apricots into riding stables. Okay. And then 10 years later, in the early 70s when my dad, George, was getting ready to retire from NASA, he planted half an acre. Now, of George grapes. was the George one Cooper, who was, my father. was the test pilot. Yes. So how many vineyards do you think there are here in this general vicinity? In the Santa Cruz Mountain Appalachian, there's somewhere between... 12 and 1,500 acres of vineyard. And and do you know how many wineries that encompasses? There are 70-some wineries in the AVA Association. I said to Stacy on my trustee, Steve, I said, I'm guessing there's 60 or 70. Yep. And you were right there. Not all of them have their own vineyards. Some of them do still buy grapes from other vineyards, and, and we're one of the vineyards who sells. That's okay. Do you crush for other people as well? No, we don't. Okay. So I think what's so interesting about this area is that, and and I don't say this in a derogatory way, but it is not as well known as other places, but certainly the quality is way up there. You guys make great wines in this area and have been making them for a long, 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 long time, but it doesn't quite get the attention. And I'm not talking about in California so much because Californians are fairly savvy about 
you know, the various regions. And when you get outside, it's lesser known, wouldn't you say? Yes, I, I will go along with that. But you, you pointed out the quality. You pointed out the unique aspects of growing grapes in the mountains. Yeah. So they're all small, low-yielding vineyards that you find up here. And with that, I think, comes quality because we're getting three, three and a half, maybe four tons to the acre, maybe down to two, depending on the varietal. Right, exactly. But Santa Cruz Mountain, though, because it is so diverse, like I started to say, we have seven different varietals we grow here. And we'll go through those, and you can see it. Okay, so I've already had a very delicious Chardonnay. Chardonnay, barrel fermented, 30%. I think it's a 15. 15, 15. okay, great. Yeah. Barrel fermented, this is French, right? Yes, it is. Yep, okay. Yeah. And then after that, if you want, I would suggest we try a Viognier. Well, I'm not going to turn that down, Bill. In fact, there are several bottles here. We don't have a heck of a lot of time, but I'm going to be judging a wine competition at the end of the week. So I have to practice my speed tasting anyway. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Here we right. go. This is a warm-up. Well, I'm not used to speed pouring, but I'll see if I can <laughs> I can keep up with All you right, on so this. this is, so this is a Viognier. This is a yes, Viognier. Originally brought by Randall Graham back in a suitcase from France. Parked it over in uh, oh, really Bonnie Dune when he was making wine over there. And it went with uh, Dan Gears down to Zaca Mesa. And that's where my parents tasted it. At that point in time, everybody thought it was Roussan. And then we got it from there when the Brouhaha the came. Cuttings so you got this for the from, vineyard. You got this from Zaca Mesa. Our cuttings came from there. Which is the there. first place I ever tasted Vignette. Yeah. And there you go. And you're going back. Because Zaca Mesa, I'm thinking we're talking about the land. Late 70s? Is that about right? Early no, 80s? Late 80s. Late 80s. Yeah, mid-late 80s is when myself, he went down there. Yeah, I was thinking they yeah. were there longer, but no. yeah. Well, th that's when Dan Gears went down. Oh, oh okay. When yeah. Dan went. Yeah, because they were definitely pioneers down there. Yes. Uh, one, of the, yeah. one of the first, you know, to become a big winery down there. But yes, this is absolutely delicious. I, I love and this wine. And the whole Randall Graham story about the suitcase clone is at one point a French viticulturist was going through vineyards, not ours, but elsewhere. And he looked at the leaves and said, oh, mon Dieu, this is not Rousson. Look at these leaves. This is clearly Viognier. <laughs> does she do that imitation a lot? Oh, she always does. So. <laughs> oh, that's very good. <laughs> So we, we planted what we thought was Roussan with the cuttings, but when we came to pick and bottle, we knew we had Viognier. And yeah. so Bill called Randall, who said, yes, you could put Randall Graham clone on your label. So that's what you see on our Viognier label. Isn't that nice? All right, so you just poured me... A white blend. A white blend. All our blends come under our test pilot label, which is a nod to my father. Our who founding was winemaker. The founding winemaker in 1975, after his first vineyard was three years old. Cabernet Sauvignon. This well, is this the last is way thing. too pretty for a test to be called test pilot. Well, this isn't macho. If you're into aircraft and the wonderful things they do as they're developing, some people say they fly pretty. You can call it test pilot. But then I think that this particular blend should be called Perfect Landing. <laughs> I'd did, agree did with you, you on that, that one. Well, that's very nice. Yeah. I like that. We'll pick it up. The back label says, test the wine, taste the difference. Mm. That's the tagline for that. But yours Perfect Landing. I like that. All right. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back. Man, I'll tell you what. These wines are scrumptiddlyumptious. And that's what it should be. It should and be fun yes, to and, enjoy. And the winery is Cooper Garrett. And uh, we're talking about Saratoga, California, Santa Cruz Mountains, Appalachian. All right, we're going to be back from uh, Cooper Garrett in just one second. So stay with me. 
Sometimes drinking wine makes you just want to curl up in a comfy chair and dream about puppy dogs, faraway places, and other happy thoughts. Or you can just enjoy that cuvee in your glass and lose yourself in the conversation on Grape Encounters Radio. It seems like a day doesn't go by that someone doesn't tell me how lucky I am to be able to taste the multitude of wines that I get to try as part of my job. And while that certainly is true, what is also true is that a great number of wines that I do taste just don't cut it. That's why it gives me so much pleasure to tell you about the wines from Peak Ranch, made in the San Ynez Valley on the central coast of California. As exciting as these wines are, I'm especially proud of the fact that they're produced by my oldest friend of all time, John Wagner, along with his charming wife, Jill. John was always the smartest kid in school, and I was always just a tad bit jealous of his determination to be the best. So when I found out that he was the producer of these utterly fantastic wines, I wasn't the least bit surprised. From their remarkably elegant Pinots to their perfectly balanced Chardonnay and luscious Syrahs, it's no surprise that the wines produced at Peak Ranch are simply as good as it gets, and they have the scores to prove it. Log on to peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E ranch.com. You can buy their wines online, which means it'll be the best time you ever spend on the Internet. Go to peakranch.com. Ten years ago, I created Grape Encounters Radio while living in breathtaking Lake Arrowhead. Perched about an hour above the Southern California metropolis in the majestic San Bernardino National Forest. Lake Arrowhead is a place where wine lifestyle flourishes, imaginations run wild, and people come from around the world to discover a more peaceful and re-energizing way of life. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to Lynn B. Wilson, a bona fide leader in resort real estate sales. From charming alpine cottages to stunning estates on the shores of shimmering Lake Arrowhead, Lynn B. Wilson & Associates have been changing lives for decades. If you truly want to live on top of the world, Lynn B. Wilson & Associates can show you how. They'll even host you in luxury accommodations while you explore the limitless possibilities. Log on to lynnbwilson.com. That's lynnbwilson.com. Live the life you imagine. People often ask, why hasn't someone tarred and feathered Grape Encounters host David Wilson for breaking so many of the old rules? Simple. No one likes the old rules. All right, as they say, if I was having any more fun, I would be arrested. But I'm (laughs) truly (laughs) with some very arresting people here right now. Part of the family that owns uh, Cooper Garrett. It's uh, Bill and Doris, and I've been horseback riding, and I've been drinking some great wines. I can't wait for the commercial breaks because then I can squeeze in a couple of extra wines. How many are we making here? What are you laughing about? <laughs> we, we, we grow seven varietals, and we make it a, five additional blends from our estate grapes. Oh, okay, so that we just so we have did twelve wines overall. Two whites. 
yeah. Chardonnay and Viognier, and then our uh, P61 Black Widow Test Pilot Blend. 80% Chardonnay, 20% Viognier. You got all these macho names for the lighter wines. Well, they're real. Okay, all they're right. They're just <laughs> as real as anything. Well, okay, all right. I did that's, But that's cool, yeah. Black yeah. Widow Chardonnay Viognier, you know. Yeah. That's, uh, P61. It's a very famous aircraft. Well, yeah. Didn't you make it, model of it, when you were a kid? Oh, I'm sure I did. Yeah, okay. I'm sure I did. Okay, But I don't yeah. recall ever drinking Viognier. I was sniffing glue at those, in those days. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, you've anyway, come a long well, way well, to Viognier. You know, well, you know, you got to tell the, tell, Good the, move. T- tell the truth here. All right, what have we poured me now? What is this? Well, this is our Pinot Noir, which actually is our most recent planting, 10 years old. This is uh, cuttings from another vineyard. It's a single clone, triple seven. And we liked it so much in one vineyard, then we planted a little less than an acre in another one. And those get put together in what you're having here, what we call two vineyards. Now, most people who are familiar with my show know that pouring me Pinot is risky business. I have a Pinot thing, and it's not pleasant. Well, I'm but, raising but, an eyebrow here, okay, but... No, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, uh, for 10 years, I've been complaining about Pinot. And in fact, in our wine shop, we put the Pinot on the shelves with the white wines as punishment. And the reason we do that, that is because there's so much cruddy Pinot out there. And I want the good Pinots that we do carry to go back and tell the other Pinot makers, stop making cruddy Pinot. So I don't have to taste through it all the time. Because every time a wholesaler comes in and they lay out, you know, 12 bottles of Pinot and I have to gag over 11 of the 12... I'm just telling you. Well, I so think I don't have to taste this if you don't I'm, want me to. I'm going to wager on this. I'm going to wager that you're going to find right. the nice fruit and mouthfeel in this one to be velvety and elegant. Okay. And I really haven't. I haven't tasted this yet, have I? I'm, no, you I'm, haven't I'm even sipped it yet. But you I, haven't and I don't lie. I don't lie. I, I, right. I wouldn't lie about it. Right. But I'm going to. I'm going to sniff and and thank goodness. Well, uh, no, 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 I'll just volunteer. This is California. What are we known for? Beautiful weather. If you have beautiful weather, you should be able to grow beautiful grapes and. And with that, you better make beautiful wine. That's right. That's what we tried to but do not, here. You know, but I can tell you right now, I don't get that rotten leaf thing off of this, which, thank God, because I, I can't stand that quality in no. Pinot's. The funk ain't there. Well, this is coming okay, from Okay, so I'm list. watching his face. For everybody out there in Radio Land. he's thinking about it. It's crossing the palate. There's a little bit of a smile in the eyes. And, yes, that was a grin that showed teeth. And you know what really a funny thing happened just now as you, <laughs> as you took over my duties, which was, was really the first time. Uh, there's only one other person who ever has done that, and that's Jean-Charles Boisset. <laughs> he jumps in and he just he absconds with the microphone and takes over your show. But a funny thing happened. You had me laughing. And as, as I started to laugh sort of to myself, I started to really taste the pepper in this Pinot. It hit me just like bam, you know, like just these little microscopic hints of cayenne but just so tiny that you could barely sense it there almost a a little electric actually yeah this is really good pinot good good for you hey okay well you know when your name's on the label you better have something good in the bottle to pour i want to speak to your pinot for for just a second mr pinot you might be allowed to be with the red wines at our store we might let you go there okay Hmm. you're very good thank you very much all right Wow. You're talking to the wine. That's, that's, that's where the term the wine is taught. Well, it's the opposite of the term the wine is talking. Anyway, no, that's pretty good. That's really, it's very good. It has this nice elegance to it. Mm-hmm. It's not in your face, but it's pleasing. Very pleasing. It's got guts. It's not a wimpy wine. 
It's a dancer, but it's more of a tap dancer, you know? There you go. You know what I mean? It's got some oomph to it, and I like it. I like it. I like it. I give it an A. We'll take an A. All right. That was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't prepared to like that, but I don't know why. I've liked everything so far. What do we got next? We're going to try a Cabernet Franc. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I'm uh, really curious about this wine because on the back of the horse... My trusty steed, Ben. Yes. Uh, we rode above the, and then down the side, I guess, of the... Uh, Franckville Vineyard. Of the Franckville, yes. Yes. So I was curious about this Cabernet Franc because mm-hmm. while I was on my trusty steed, Ben, up above the Franckville, I thought it was kind of interesting how that vineyard is surrounded on most sides by higher elevation. And I was curious what impact that, you know, sort of being nestled and tucked in there the way it is, has on this particular fruit. That was just my observation well, that it was an interesting, it, it, interesting you know, parcel. It's on a ridgeline, and it, it goes down uh, mostly uh, southern-facing, so it gets a lot of sun. There is a little cove down there that uh, gets the least amount of sun, and so it's normally three different pickings. It's only a five-acre vineyard, and that's... That's the way it is. This is a cutting we put in 1985 uh, from a neighboring uh, vineyard that had it from Pierre Pouroy, brought it out in 1910, 1920. From France. He was French and brought the cuttings from mm-hmm. France back in the day. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. And the Cabernet yeah, Franc. There is, it is. This is and, a yeah. and looking at where we plant, we are Santa Cruz Mountains ADA, which is very different from planting on a flat field somewhere. We're not in the valley. We are on the hillsides that create Silicon Valley and the Santa Clara Valley. And so we have to look at where we're able to farm. And that's why Franckville ended up where it is. This is really stellar. But anyway, so that's about it for now for this episode of Grape Encounters. Oh, I was going to say, come back and we'll do another. Saratoga's great. Come and enjoy. Oh, what a beautiful town. I mean, what a beautiful, wonderful town. I I said to my wife today, I called her and I said, "Uh, have you ever been to Saratoga? She says, no. Well, then we get to see you again. Yeah, I said, I'd like to move here. I mean, it's really (laughs) a, a wonderful place. So. I may be uh, asking you for a room at some time uh, in the near future, but uh, check it out. Saratoga, California, a great place to spend a wine adventure and wonderful people, Doris and Bill Cooper. And also special thank you, very important thank you to Stacy Queen, who is the stable genius. That was fun. We'll be, we'll be back with more Grape Encounters next week on this fantastic station that you listen to and you should always listen to. We'll see you then. Well, this episode of Grape Encounters is in the bag. It's hard to imagine you haven't missed some episodes, so why not hunt them down at GrapeEncounters.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast sites. Grape Encounters Studios are located in beautiful Atascadero, California. That's Central Coast wine country, baby. Come visit us. But be warned, you won't want to leave. That's okay. We have a spare bedroom. But it's 55 degrees and full of old bottles. People often ask, why hasn't someone tarred and feathered Grape Encounters host David Wilson for breaking so many of the old rules? Simple. No one likes the old rules. 
and as they say, if I was having any more fun, I would be arrested. But I'm <laughs> truly uh, with some very arresting people here right now. Part of the family that owns uh, Cooper Garrett. It's uh, Bill and Doris. And I've been horseback riding. And I've been drinking some great wines. I can't wait for the commercial breaks because then I can squeeze in a couple of extra wines. How many are we making here? What are you laughing about? <laughs> we, we, we grow seven varietals and we make it a, five additional blends from our estate grapes. Oh, okay. So that we just so we have did 12 wines one. overall. Two whites. Yeah. Chardonnay and Viognier, and then our uh, P61 Black Widow Test Pilot Blend. 80% Chardonnay, 20% Viognier. you got all these macho names for the lighter wines. Well, they're real. Okay, all they're right. They're just <laughs> as real as anything. Well, okay, all right. I did, that's, but that's cool, yeah. Black yeah. Widow Chardonnay Viognier, you know. Yeah. that's uh, P61. It's a very famous aircraft. Well, yeah. Didn't you make it, model of it, when you were a kid? Oh, I'm sure I did. Yeah, okay. I'm sure I did. Okay, But I don't yeah. recall ever drinking Viognier. I was sniffing glue at those, in those days. Right. <laughs> well, you've anyway, come a long well, way. Well, you, know, you know, you got to tell the tell the, uh, tell the truth here. Oh, what have we poured me now? What is this? Well, this is our Pinot Noir, which actually is our most recent planting, 10 years old. This is uh, cuttings from another vineyard. It's a uh, single clone, triple seven. And we liked it so much in one vineyard, then we planted a little less than an acre in another one. And those get put together in what you're having here, what we call two vineyards. Very, now, most people who are familiar with my show know that pouring me Pinot is risky business. I have a Pinot thing, and it's not pleasant. Well, I'm but, raising but, an eyebrow here. Okay, but no, and I'm, just, I'm just telling you, uh, for 10 years, I've been complaining about Pinot. And in fact, in our wine shop, we put the Pinot on the shelves with the white wines as punishment. And the reason we do that, that is because there's so much cruddy Pinot out there. And I want the good Pinots that we do carry to go back and tell the other Pinot makers, stop making cruddy Pinot. So I don't have to taste through it all the time. Because every time a wholesaler comes in and they lay out, you know, 12 bottles of Pinot and I have to gag over 11 of the 12, I'm just telling you. Well, I so I don't have to taste this if you don't I'm, want me to. I'm going to wager on this. I'm going to wager you that you're going to find right. the nice fruit and mouthfeel in this one to be velvety and elegant. Okay. And I really haven't. I haven't tasted this yet, have I? I'm, no, you I'm, haven't I'm, I'm even sipped it yet. But I, and I don't lie. I don't lie. I, I, right. I wouldn't lie about it. Right. But I'm going to. I'm going to sniff and and thank goodness. Well, uh, no, 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 I'll just volunteer. This is California. What are we known for? Beautiful weather. If you have beautiful weather, you should be able to grow beautiful grapes. And with that, you better make beautiful wine. That's right. That's what we tried to but do not, here. You know, but I can tell you right now, I don't get that rotten leaf thing off of this. Which thank God because I I can't stand that quality in no. Pinots. The funk ain't there. Well, this is coming okay, from Okay, so I'm less- watching his face. For everybody out there in radio land, he's thinking about it. It's crossing the palate. There's a little bit of a smile in the eyes. And yes, that was a grin that showed teeth. And you know what really a funny thing happened just now as you, <laughs> as you took over my duties, which was, was really the first time. Uh, there's only one other person who ever has done that, and that's Jean-Charles Boisset. <laughs> who jumps in and he just he abscounds with the microphone and takes over your show. But a funny thing happened. You had me laughing. And as, as I started to laugh sort of to myself, I started to really taste the pepper in this Pinot. It hit me just like bam, you know, like just these little microscopic hints of cayenne, but just so tiny that you could barely sense it there. Almost a, a little electric, actually. Yeah, this is really good Pinot. 
Good. Good for you. Hey. Okay. Well, you know, when your name's on the label, you better have something good in the bottle to pour. I want to speak to your Pinot for, for just a second. Mr. Pino, you might be allowed to be with the red wines at our store. We might let you go there. Okay? Mm. You're very good. Thank you very much. All right. Wow. Talk, you're talking to the wine. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where the term the wine is taught. Well, it's the opposite of the term the wine is talking. Anyway, no, that's pretty good. That's really, it's very good. It has this nice elegance to it. Mm-hmm. It's not in your face, but it's pleasing. Very pleasing. It's got guts. It's not a wimpy wine. It's a dancer, but it's more of a tap dancer, you know? There you go. You know what I mean? It's got some oomph to it, and I like it. I like it. I like right. it. I give it an A. We'll take an A. All right. That was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't prepared to like that, but I don't know why. I, I've liked everything so far. What do we got next? We're going to try a Cabernet Franc. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I'm uh, really curious about this wine because on the back of the horse... My trusty steed, Ben. Yes. Uh, we rode above the, and then down the side, I guess, of the... Francfield vineyard. Of the Francfield, yes. Yes. So I'm curious about this Cabernet Franc because mm-hmm. while I was on my trusty steed, Ben, up above the Francfield, I thought it was kind of interesting how that vineyard is surrounded on most sides by higher elevation. And I was curious what impact that, you know, sort of being nestled and tucked in there the way it is, has on this particular fruit. That was just my observation. Well, that it, was an interesting, it, it, interesting parcel. It's on a ridgeline, and it, it goes down uh, mostly uh, southern facing, so it gets a lot of sun. There is a little cove down there that uh, gets the least amount of sun, and so it's normally three different pickings. It's only a five-acre vineyard, and that's... That's the way it is. This is a cutting we put in 1985 uh, from a neighboring uh, vineyard that had it from Pierre Pouroy, brought it out in 1910, 1920. From France. He was French and brought the cuttings from mm-hmm. France back in the day. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. And the Cabernet yeah, Franc. There is, it is. It's a winner. Yeah. And looking at where we plant, we are Santa Cruz Mountains ABA, which is very different from planting on a flat field somewhere. We're not in the valley. We are on the hillsides that create Silicon Valley and the Santa Clara Valley. And so we have to look at where we're able to farm. And that's why Francville ended up where it is. This is really stellar. But anyway, so that's about it for now for this episode of Grape Encounters. Oh, oh I was going to say, come back and we'll do another. Saratoga's so. great. Come and enjoy. Oh, what a beautiful town. I mean, what it a beautiful, is. wonderful town. I, I said to my wife today, I called her and I said, uh, have you ever been to Saratoga? She says, no. Well, I then said, we get I to said, see you again. Yeah, I said, I'd like to move here. I mean, it's really <laughs> a, a wonderful place. So I, I may be uh, asking you for a room at some time uh, in the near future. But uh, check it out, Saratoga, California, a great place to spend a wine adventure. And wonderful people, Doris and Bill Cooper. And also, special thank you, very important thank you, to Stacy Queen, who is the stable genius. That was fun. We'll be, we'll be back with more Grape Encounters next week on this fantastic station that you listen to and you should always listen to. We'll see you then. Well, this episode of Grape Encounters is in the bag. It's hard to imagine you haven't missed some episodes, so why not hunt them down at GrapeEncounters.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast sites. Grape Encounters Studios are located in beautiful Atascadero, California. That's Central Coast wine country, baby. Come visit us. But be warned, you won't want to leave. That's okay. We have a spare bedroom. But it's 55 degrees and full of old bottles.